It's eight minutes after five o'clock. Coming up on the show in this hour, we're in conversation with Liko Bottoman, Director for Social Cohesion at the Department of Basic Education. And this is on the proposal that has been made by the department, also been received with a lot of outrage. And amongst them is the unisex bathrooms being introduced in schools. Um, and this is, of course, to um, accommodate children who identify as non-binary, meaning they don't identify as boy or girl. Um, So amongst the others as well is that uh, dead naming will also be outlawed. And this is um, when a student has uh, transitioned um, with a different uh, gender and you cannot call that child by the previous name that they had. You must use um, the name that they prefer now. And also provision should be made for gender-neutral uniforms also um, to be made available for pupils who require them. So all of this are some of the suggestions and proposals that are being made by the Department of Basic Education. The one that has received most of the focus is on um, the unisex bathrooms. And I'd love to hear your thoughts around this. Um, Did you have a conversation with your child at all about um, unisex bathrooms and how they feel about unisex bathrooms um and you know well at home um you'd have you don't have male and female bathrooms uh, you'd have one bathroom that is used by whoever is um, a guest at the house or even the inhabitants um at the house as well um irrespective of the gender but when it comes to a public space it becomes a different story that you're dealing with and it's a different space um that you're dealing with as well so from a parent's perspective what's your take on this proposal. I'd love to hear from you in 0614 You can also tweet at Aldrin Simpia and our studio line is 086-000-2032. So there's been a lot of outrage with regards to the proposal by the Basic Education Department to have unisex bathrooms in schools, many raising issues around safety as the reason for the rejection of the idea. The department says the proposed guidelines seek to protect children of diverse sexual and gender identities from discrimination and violation of their rights. To explain more um, what the intention behind this proposal is, Liko Bottoman is now joining us on the line. Liko, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Aldrin. Thank you so much for having me. Good afternoon to your listeners as well. What's the intention behind this proposal? So maybe let me start here, Eldrin, and just indicate that the Department of Basic Education has got an obligation to offer an education service that is uh, aligned to the constitution of this country. And the constitution of this country is uh, indicating that all citizens are equal. And we, it is also um, uh, discouraging discrimination and prejudice and intolerance. And so part of what we do in the basic education system is to always look back and reflect and review so that we're able to see whether we're still providing the service that is appropriate and that is relevant. And so at the moment we're dealing with children, uh, children who have come actually forward to the Department of Basic Education to indicate that there seems to be a problem of safety and inclusion or inclusivity Mm. of basic education. They feel they don't have a space in the education system, and so they wanted to find out from the department, is the education system only tailored for heteronormative children, or is it tailor-made for all children? And the answer is 
all children. However, when we identify some of the problematic areas in the inclusive basic education service, we then discover that there is an issue, and that issue is saying that the schooling system itself seems to be compulsory heteronormative, Mm. which makes it difficult for children who have got diverse sexual orientation, gender identities, and expression and sex characteristics to partake in basic education. And that's what we're trying to fix. So, what is it then that we're trying to answer with, for instance, having unisex bathrooms? In fact, I must indicate uh, to you again, Elgin, that the issue of the toilets also took us by surprise as the Department of Basic Education. Mm -hmm. And I think I need to put that on the table. Why? Because anyone who picked up the 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 copy of the guidelines that are still being consulted with picked up this thing because at the moment we're still dealing with options and we're consulting with stakeholders and parents and uh, experts in the field uh, with uh, education stakeholders. And so some of the options that have been proposed include the possibility of establishing uh, unisex toilets. But as the Department of Basic Education, we have not in any way suggested that we are abolishing gender non-binary, I mean gender binary toilets. We're not abolishing anything. But the fundamental principle behind the question of toilets is saying, how best can we make facilities in schools more inclusive for children? all children, including non-binary children. And part of the proposals that are coming forward is saying that you could perhaps also look at the possibility of having unisex toilets. And I don't know, Aldrin, someone picked it up and made this conversation about human rights and inclusion as a conversation of, of toilets. And that's not what it is about. Yeah, because one of the issues that are, that are raised, for instance, by the Freedom Front Plus is that they argue that uh, this is an ideology of radical individualism um, and not necessarily about the entire society. You see, even within that, Aldrin, I, I would like to, you know, to differ a little bit uh, with, with what the Freedom Front is saying, because the very same Freedom Front that has come forward to to make those allegations has got a responsibility to stay in, in, in Parliament so that all of us as public representatives and public servants, we uphold the, 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 the constitution of this country, which uh, promotes e- e- equality, non-discrimination, and non-prejudice and tolerance. Because if you... If you if you think about the term you know um, the term uh, individual ideology, the, such a term is is, is is problematic in itself because it relates to much more conservative and far right knowledge production that counters feminist and queer activist human rights movements, and it's problematic for South Africa because we don't need to be extremist in our approach. We always have to look at what are the fundamental principles of constitution saying and we abide by that. So we, we are not interested at the moment Alton, in a conversation that says ideology because we're not using an ideology in the first place. We've got the constitution on the table and we need people to, 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 to actually point out yeah. to the basic education department on 
what areas of the constitution are we infringing on mm-hmm. when we're putting forward these uh, proposals? From my end, <laughs> and I, go, I guess like some people will come and uh, there'll be a backlash as well, is um, there's an element of progressiveness from, from my observation that says that you live in a country that recognizes um, all human beings and says that this country belongs to all who live in it and we don't uh, discriminate based on sex or gender, um, we include race and all of those others, but for the, for the purposes of this conversation, sex or gender. And we have laws that also respond to somebody who wants to transition. And we have hospitals, two public hospitals, that actually assist with the surgery of transitioning. That then begs the question around how does the state then respond to those people and those people's needs? Absolutely. And I think, Alton, you've, you've captured it quite correctly. You know, and Alton, just for, you know, because I don't want this to end without us actually thinking about those children who, who have spoken to us, Alton, and they're saying that when I'm at school, I am the most unhappy because the school is an unhappy place for me. The school is an unsafe place for me because of who I am. Mm. I can't use the bathroom. I have to hold it in until I get back home. I can't do anything. All that I do is walk into class and, and, and wait there for the next available humiliation that will be directed at me by other learners or teachers. And we don't want that for our children. We want our children to feel safe and we want our children to feel welcome no matter what they are or who yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, and the other one, though, is that when it comes to, the, especially with the question around you having unisex bathrooms, and I know that the department is saying that this is an option that's being that's being made available, is the genuine concerns that have been raised, especially by women, um, that they don't feel safe around men in general. And having to put children in such a space as well, considering that it's a public space as well, um, that you just might put them in further danger. We, you know, we've actually dealt with those allegations as well, Elgin. And I'll tell you, um, if you go to a, a school community, even today, you just go to a school community, and I don't know whether it would ever be possible for anyone to make a scan of the school to understand how many gender non-binary children we have in the school, you'll find that it's less than 0%. It's 0, something percent. But the way that this conversation about safety is coming along is indicating that, uh, you know, there will suddenly now be an influx of uh, sexual predators that go into women's toilets. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. And that's not the intention. The intention is to just ensure that a a gender non-binary or a gender non-conforming child is able to make use of a toilet. And of course, it won't just, people won't just wake up the next morning out and say, okay, now we're using, there is going to be a negotiated process in the school community, just like any other thing that we do in our schools. We negotiate. In fact, I think that's what the Council for Education Ministers have asked us to do. They say we can see the intention. It is good and it is constitutional, but let's open up an opportunity for school communities to engage on the matter so that they understand the fundamental principles behind this and they understand why we are doing this in the first place. In fact, research evidence that we're dealing with at the moment is showing that 
women and girls are actually more at risk in isolated and uh, sex-segregated bathrooms than in unisex bathrooms. And there hasn't been any evidence that we've picked up at the moment that seems to suggest that women and girls would be endangered in unisex toilets because instead the inverse is happening. The predators, the sexual predators, when they know that there are significant others using the same facility, they will be deterred from their uh, sexual predator acts or mm. sexual violence acts because there will be other people. So you can't do it. Women are more vulnerable and at risk when they are on okay. their own or alone. So when does the department then take this to the public in its entirety instead of the select few so that we have the public consultation process as well? And when do you intend on implementing whatever decision is come to? So the, the intention at the moment is that we, we have now uh, already developed a, a repository for commentary, which we are making uh, public by tomorrow morning. We'll make that repository public and we'll make uh, the, the documents um, uh, available. But at the moment, because we are still consulting on these documents, Alton, this is another thing we need to mention. Mm. It is risky for us to put out the full document in public uh, at the moment because we're still consulting with stakeholders. And but haven't the, hasn't the horse bolted already? That's what, that's, that's what we were also surprised by, that we were consulting with our stakeholders, but it seems that the versions which have evolved have gotten into the hands of the public even before we could finalize a draft that should then be going out into the public for public comment. But that's not a problem because we've got nothing to hide. It's not like we're hiding anything. We can see that now it has really gotten off our hands. And so that's why we're saying that, look, so that people are not sitting with it wherever they got it, we are going to give members of the public an opportunity to submit their comments through a repository that we have developed uh, or we would have established at the DBE. Tomorrow morning, that uh, 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 you know, repository, that email that they can use will be made available. So whatever version they have, they must just comment on it. We'll try and work with version control measures on our end because right now we can't control it. Thank you so much for your time. Liko Botoman is a Director for Social Cohesion at the Department of Basic Education. Your thoughts on 614 That is the voice note line. You can also tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre. And remember, our studio line is 86 2032